0: Hello, everybody. This is Clay. Looks like we're live here. Um, So I wanted to first start by saying thanks for tuning in. And if you like what we're doing here, please consider giving this video a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe to the channel Uh, and be sure to hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button so that you will get notifications next time we go live just like this. Um, And please feel free to leave a comment either in the live chat if you're here live or down in the comment section if you're watching the replay of this. Um, And, yeah, we're going to be talking about independence in relationships today. And if this is something that you would like to learn more about, how to have a great, healthy relationship and all that, um, you might want to check out our book called Be Loved for Who You Are over at modernlove.life book. Anyway, uh, today we are talking about independence in relationships. This is actually something that I brought up yesterday in that video and I said I was going to loop back to it and uh, tie that into what we were talking about yesterday, but I forgot to. So this video is an addendum to yesterday's video on how to make a relationship work. I will go ahead and link to that over in the corner. I think it's this corner because it mirrors it on on the recording, so we'll see. Uh, If not, it's on the opposite side of the screen. But go ahead and check out the card over there, and that'll give you the link to the, the previous video that I am adding to right now. So yeah, um, independence in relationships, like I was talking about yesterday, um, as you go from being a single person into a relationship, whether that's a a relationship, a marriage, um, a super committed relationship, a kind of just feeling things out relationship, whatever, um, you are making that transition from a me into a we, and you are coming together to create something bigger than just you as an individual and your partner as an individual and the two of you just kind of doing your own thing. And as you come together in that way, there are certain considerations that need to be taken into account. Like you have to be considered and thoughtful of them and their needs. They would hopefully be considered and thoughtful of you and your needs and all of that. And uh, that means sometimes you have to do things that you may not necessarily want to do. In the example I gave you yesterday, um, was going out and partying all night long in, uh, in Barcelona when my wife and I were at an event. Um, me being a super introverted person, I find that kind of thing very, very draining, especially after a couple of hours. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to be supportive of her. I wanted to be an active participant in the event. I wanted to, you know, meet some people. So I did it anyway and I enjoyed myself to the best of my ability, but eventually my energetic tank uh, hit empty and I had to go home. But anyway, so as you go from a me to a we, you want to maintain that sense of independence, that sense of you as an individual person that's separate from your partner, that's separate from the relationship. And this is important because uh, well, first of all, it's going to help you feel better as an individual. You, know, you are going to feel good if you have your own life, if you have your own interests, if you have and do things that are fulfilling and rewarding to you as an individual, because right? not everything that you like is going to be things that your partner likes, and not everything that your partner likes are going to be things that you like. So you need to also take time to nourish yourself as an individual, otherwise you may end up getting lost in that relationship, you may end up losing parts of yourself. And you can think about this in a certain way where, um, at least ideally, uh, we all come together in a relationship as, as like a whole individual person, right? You know, we have our own interests, we have our own lives, we have our own things that we do, and uh, as we go through our life, we meet another hopefully whole individual person. And we say, hey, that's a that's an attractive person. Let's uh, talk and see if we got anything in common. Oh, it looks like we do have some things in common. Let's go out on a couple dates. Let's um, interact with each other. Let's see how things go. And eventually, you guys have the talk and get into a relationship, right? And as this happens, you know, yeah, you probably will have to make some time to accommodate dating this new person because before you were a single person, you didn't have, to accommodate another person in your life and now suddenly you do. So you're probably gonna have to you know, drop a few of your hobbies, not like entirely, but maybe do them a little bit less frequently so that you can have time to date, so you can have time to spend time together, so you can have time to do all that. And um, it's easy for that to kind of snowball and to slide a little bit too far to the opposite direction where you just kind of end up dropping all of these qualities about you that initially drew your partner to you. And before you know it, you're just kind of this uh, not not so much a, a whole circle anymore, but a circle with like bits carved out and holes punctured in it and all that. And as the two of you start to give up parts of yourself, you sort of start to fuse together and come into what's known as a fused or an enmeshed relationship. And uh, this can be really difficult because sort of whenever you try to do something for yourself, like maybe you've decided, okay, I want to get in shape. I want to lose weight. I want to, uh, you know, gain some muscle, whatever it might be. You um, may hit some resistance from your partner because they have sort of fused and enmeshed with you and they might start to become insecure. They might start to say, hey, why are you trying to lose some weight? Are you like trying to be attractive to other people, and then they might get insecure, and then they might do things to maybe sabotage your progress, like, you know, oh, hey, look at this, I accidentally home, this, uh, this carton of your favorite ice cream or something like that. Um, or they might do things like try and shame you as you're trying to step out and do these sorts of things that are really valuable or important for you as, as a person trying to live your own life and experience your own growth so you want to you want to definitely be careful of that that's a a very common trap that you can end up in Um, and i've seen it happen with a lot of people especially people that have been in relationships for a very long time where it's almost like they're they're like one unit there's one person and another person but they are one unit they think collectively they feel collectively and all of that stuff and you know if that works for them that's fine but just most likely it's not a very healthy dynamic. And what I would recommend for most people is that you maintain that sense of individuality within your relationship. You maintain it while still staying focused on the fact that there are some times when you need to prioritize other things besides your own needs, wants, and desires in the relationship. And uh, again, this is really, in my experience, this is really mostly an issue with people that have been in relationships for a very long time. Um, when it comes to people that I work with who haven't been in relationships for like really long periods of time, I've noticed that they are stuck more in the me side of things and they have a hard time stepping into that we side of things. But this is also another consideration as well too. And so you want to maintain your own sense of yourself as an individual, right? like sure i'm clay i am a husband i am a father at the end of the day i'm gonna go home to my house and i'm going to be with my wife and daughter and all of that but still i'm i'm more than just a husband i'm more than just a father i'm more than just uh you know this guy here on on this youtube video here i have my own uh desires my own things that i find interesting my own things that i am doing with my own life and you know yeah i may not be able to do it all the time and that's okay because I have other responsibilities. I have that we portion of the equation where I do things to, you know, participate in the relationship in the marriage with my wife and with my daughter and all of that. But I also have different parts of myself as an individual that I take time to nourish as well too. What I call personal time, which I try to do at least once a week at this point. Sometimes it's a little iffy because you know we do have the newborn. I'm not, she's not a newborn anymore, but we do have the baby, and she does require a lot of, um, you know, time and requires a lot of chores and everything. But I, it, it used to be better. It used to be a couple times a week, but, you know, I'm kind of working my way back up there as as my daughter kind of gets older and a little bit more self-sufficient over time. And so, you know, during this time, I do things that are interesting to me. You know, I read some books. I might, uh, if, if you don't know, I've actually been keeping a journal for... Um, about 20 years or so ever since I was in high school. I kind of cringe when I read some of those earlier entries where I'm just kind of fawning over certain girls that didn't pay much attention to me. Um, but I, I, I do like to write about my feelings, my thoughts, my experiences in life in a journal. I have several volumes and I guess eventually someday I'll pass those on to my daughter. Um, you know, it helps me to process my emotions. It helps me to connect with who I am and again i'm an introvert so so this may not be like your cup of tea and even if you are an introvert maybe you might do things that are totally different um i also just read books on personal development per, uh, books on different types of of subjects regarding that i'm not these days i'm not too much of a fiction reader i used to be a fiction reader but I'm not so much of that right now. Uh, I feel like my time is scarce, and so I, I want to really apply myself in appropriate ways that are going to have uh, big impacts, so I try to do that. Um, I, I just do other sorts of things that are just important and valuable to me. And you know, for you, that might look something else. It might be exercising. It might be participating in some sort of sport. It might be uh, spending time with your uh, platonic friends away from your partner It might be doing other things that are interesting to you, learning languages. Uh, I have a goal of learning Japanese. I'm not really applying it very well these days, but that's something I'll get around to one of these days. Um, It could be other sorts of things like that, things that are valuable and interesting to you. So this is something that is important. It's something that I don't want you to overlook when it comes to making a relationship work. And this is an addendum to yesterday's video. Anyway, I've seen a couple comments. Let's see if we've got any that are uh interesting let's see we have a couple that say hello um hey my ex broke up with me three weeks ago um after nine years how do i proceed well uh okay that's a big topic but i okay so first of all um you want to look at why your ex left you in the first place what was it about the relationship that didn't work you want to understand what wasn't working and then you want to correct course as need be. If it was if it was like, for example, uh, you weren't there emotionally for them, like what could you do? Like, Why did that happen? What could you do moving forward to be more there emotionally for them? What could you do to listen to them more? What could you do to uh, really correct course for whatever wasn't working in the first place, okay? The second thing you wanna do is you want to make sure that interacting with you feels good on an emotional level, okay? Um, it's not enough to just fix what wasn't working. You actually have to have interactions that are actually enjoyable for them to feel compelled to want to get back together with you. And then the third thing is that you have to navigate through any kinds of friction that may be in the way that's keeping you apart. So that friction might be like, for example, if they are in a rebound relationship with somebody else, obviously that relationship is going to need to end if the two of you are ever going to get back together again. So that rebound relationship might be a form of friction in that case. So, um, I know a lot of people will tell you to do things like no contact and sure no contact has its time and place, but it is my belief that you only need to do no contact if interacting with you on an emotional level does not feel good. And it is actually actively driving you and your ex further and further apart. Essentially doing no contact is going to give you a timeout to stop doing further damage to the connection that you're having with your ex and allow you to say, okay, something's not working, what's going on, what do I need to do to fix it, how can I fix it, and then it gives you the space to start to improve your ability to connect and bond with your ex, okay? Um, and that's, in my opinion, probably probably the only reason I can imagine most people doing no contact. There might be some like fringe reason out there, but uh, for the most part, that's what I'd recommend. Let's see if we can do maybe two more questions. Um, Will there be more live streams? Uh, yeah, I, I plan on doing them um, every weekday for at least the time being. Uh, that may change in the future, but I'm just kind of testing this out to see how it works. I like how it's helping me to um, connect with you guys in a, in a more personal way. Um, does no contact only work depending on the attachment st- uh, that your ex had to you? I'm, I'm guessing you're meaning attachment style, like secure, insecure, avoidant, all of that stuff. Um, <sighs> So it really depends on what you mean by does the no contact rule work because there's different types of no contact out there. There's the type of no contact where you're doing it in order to make somebody miss you so they so that they will actively reach out to you. Um, If that's the case, it's kind of like a mind game, in my opinion, and it's not really the, the, the best way to go about doing no contact. Um, there's doing no contact so that you can heal from the breakup, essentially get out of what I would call damage control mode. And that's a great reason to do no contact. Um, But it ultimately, if you're still the same person that they walked out of the relationship on in the first place, it's probably not going to be super effective. Uh, What I actually recommend is what is called active no contact, which is where um, again, assuming it makes sense in your situation, but you would actually do no contact. And then during that time, whereas, most other types of no contact would involve simply just you know white knuckling it through the 30 days or whatever and then just hoping and praying that somehow it works or somehow things change or something what what I would focus on during that time is actively improving your ability to connect and relate with others in low-stakes situations such as with friends family members co-workers etc and then after you're have a good grasp on that you can get back in contact with your ex knowing that all of these skills and interpersonal skills and all that stuff have become sort of a second nature to you and it becomes almost habitual so it's not something that you have to sort of walk on eggshells and 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 sort of robotically and stiffly rehearse as you're interacting with your ex but it really becomes kind of part of who you are okay that's what I would do and that is um, really kind of the foundation of active no contact. So through the lens of my version of no contact, does no contact work based on attachment styles? Um, I think that it would work on any attachment style uh, because you are not just trying to pull away and hope that the other person chases after you. You are actually creating the opportunity to understand that person and to bond with that person in a deeper way so that uh, you can actually have that emotional foundation, which is really the cornerstone of any relationship, okay? You're actually working on on strengthening and building that emotional foundation, all right? Uh, let's see if we can get like maybe one or two more questions here. Uh, let's see, where did we leave off? Mm, someone says no contact works if you had more good times than bad in your previous relationship. Uh, really, you don't want to be looking back at the past in terms of, like, people try to do all this stuff all the time where it's like, oh, yeah, send like a good old days kind of text or something where you remind somebody of the past. And that can sometimes work, but other times it really backfires if, the, if, if like, for example, your ex gets the text and then it says, it, it, it maybe reminds them of like, oh, hey, yeah, we used to have a great relationship, you know, before all the stuff happened that, makes you feel bad right now and then they start to feel this gap between where they are and where they used to be and then they say oh yeah well you know it why would I want to go back to the past I knew I know that 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 it just ended up in all of this pain, that it just ended up in this disappointment and all of that. So really what you want to do is not try to resuscitate the past or have a relationship that's past focused, but what you want to do is actively create something that's in the future, something that the two of you can step into together, something that's not just, you know, getting back to what we used to have, but it's better than what we used to have. It's something that's new. It's something that's different. It's something that is um, completely independent of what we used to have. Um, okay, let's see if we can get in one more question before we wrap this one up. I don't want this video to be insanely long like like yesterday's video. Um, someone says practicing advanced relational skills will help with healing and getting in touch with emotional presence. Uh, yeah, totally. Sounds like that might be one of our students there. Um, Not not attachment style so much, but how attached that person was to you. Well, okay, so I guess it really depends on what you mean by how attached they were in maybe a non-attachment style sense. Um, like, like if they were responsive to you, first of all, if they weren't responsive to you, then I would, you know, when you were actually in a relationship, then that would be, A really big concern to begin with like did they actually want to be in the relationship were they enjoying the relationship Um, and then like obviously if they were responsive to you then they're much more likely to be responsive to you after um, coming out of no contact but if they weren't responsive to you, it could be, number one, because they were just not emotionally invested in the process, or number two, because how you were interacting with them was off-putting. How you were interacting with them was causing them to drift further and further and further apart. And I see this a lot, is that people will, um, you know, they'll, they'll they'll text things to their ex or something like that, that are just kind of, honestly, dull and not really very emotionally inspiring a response things like hey what's up hope you're doing well or something like that and you know they they might genuinely mean these kinds of things that they're saying but in our society in our culture at least here in western civilization these are not really things that we take very seriously from others you know you can say that to somebody as you're checking out at the store like hey how you doing and they'll probably just say oh i'm good thanks but they don't actually tell you how their day is. They don't say, actually, I'm kind of grumpy. I woke up a little bit late. I had to rush to work and, uh, you know, I got chewed out a little bit because I was late. And all, like, they don't really tell you that. There's no real vulnerability. And so if you text somebody something like that, number one, they might just not overlook it because they might just overlook it because it is just something that, that people don't put a whole lot of stock into. Um, so you might want to phrase it in a different way that stands out a little bit more. Like one thing that I've noticed seems to help a lot when it comes to making small talk um, is when you say things like, how is your day going? That tends to work a whole lot more than what's up or how's it going, right, or, what, or how are you? Um, but even something as small as that can really change and cause people to open up a whole lot more. Um, but also number two is because it's also a big ask, right? You're, you're, just, you're just like showing up and saying, how are you? Like you're, you're not really sharing anything of yourself You're showing up and saying, how are you? Which is kind of like pulling something from someone else. So if they were going to interact with you, if they were going to give you an honest answer, they would have to invest more into the interaction without knowing what your level of investment is. Again, you just showed up and you just said, how are you? Three words, right? So you are not necessarily particularly invested when it comes to texting. Um, Now, if you texted them and you said, hey, here's how my day went, it went like this, how are you? Then that's, that's another story because now they know that you're invested in the interaction. They know that if they take the time to tell you how they're actually feeling, that you're probably not just gonna vanish on them and say, okay, cool, bye, or something like that. Because nobody wants to pour their heart out and then just be met with like this deafening silence and just, you know, hey, cool, bye, whatever, or just ignored entirely. So um, be willing to invest not overinvest, not like, you know, tell them your life story or tell them every intimate thought you've had or anything like that at, at, at the point where you're just initiating contact, but be willing to be a little bit vulnerable so that they know that you're going to stay there and so that they know that this isn't just some sort of forgettable phrase that you're saying to, you know, the barista or the cashier at the store or something like that. Anyway, guys, hope that helped you out. I'm going to wrap this video up before it gets too long. Again, if you want to learn more about how to have a great relationship, please check out our book, Be Loved For Who You Are, over at modernlove.life/book. Um, I'll be coming at you again tomorrow. I don't know what the topic's going to be yet, but I will uh, keep you updated on that. Anyway, thank you so much for watching,